0: to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there.
1: We just got finished talking about intermediate goals, Will. And now we're going to talk about immediate tactical goals.
2: The final one. And, of course, one thing that our astute viewers may have noticed at this point is that we spend a lot more time talking about goals than we do measures. Mm-hmm. Why, why is that todd
1: how do you know what to measure if you don't have goals will yeah right i mean so if what are and this is this is where we run into in a lot of organizations right what's uh, a really good goals and we've used the term outcome driven customer centric goals right um, unfortunately a lot of organizations goals are let's all be really busy and so yeah. um I think that's why we've spent so much time and attention on it is because uh, why are we what 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 are we supposed to measure, right? Um, and what we're supposed to measure should be um, giving us some kind of indication as to what's happening with our goals, right? Yeah. Good or bad. What
2: absolutely. do you think of that? Um, absolutely. I think one of one of the challenges that you and I face as we educate people in EBM, not just not just the people out there in the world, but also other trainers that want to teach this material is there's this idea that EBM primarily is a metrics framework, right? Measuring framework. And sure, the KVAs are very, very present in the material, but they're not the important thing there, right? This is really about, about governance. It's, it's how do you steer an organization in a complex environment? And nine times out of 10 in, in, in environments I've been in where there's a tough time measuring, right, where people don't know what to measure or they'll say that measurements are hard to do and they look at EBM to help them. And then they find out that, hey, we know about KVAs now and we've we've developed some KVMs, but they're still hard to implement and they're still hard to measure. Nine times out of 10, the underlying cause there is that that organization has no goals. Mm, yep know that they're going. There are so many organizations that are just stuck in kind of this holding pattern uh, or just just progressing through inertia. It's mm. business as usual. Sell what we sold yesterday. Develop what the rest of the market, uh, market is developing. Um, there's no greater purpose. Uh, there's no strategy, not in the way we've defined it at least or the way Porter's defined it. There's no intermediate goal that they're going for. And there's certainly no tactical goal that they're striving for. And so if all of those things are absent, then, well, who cares what you measure, right? The only thing that's left to measure is, well, are we still making enough money to cover the cost? And is everyone busy enough?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like that's ever present um, in immediate tactical goals and, when you start to talk to teams about immediate tactical goals and defining them, um, how, uh, how they just got stuck. Right. Um, you know, you and I had been, um, creating a getting started canvas for evidence-based management, which might show up later under our, um, classroom that we're developing. But, um, uh, what we, goals at the top just got people stuck. And then you start talking about an immediate tactical goal, which is like right, what's right in front of your nose, right? Um, it's, uh, people are like, well, what is it? What, tell us what it is. Let's output stuff. Let's, let's finish outputting this. Or um, let's get really busy.
2: So yep.
1: maybe, nope. I should, maybe I should bring up the screen and we can start
2: talking. So, yeah. So let's talk about immediate tactical goals. right? And these are, these are hard to do. These are these are hard to do if you're just getting started as an organization.
1: You know, it's interesting. Can I pull in that point? Well, you said this is yeah. hard to do. What I find it is hard to do, but once you get this muscle memory, it gets easier. Yeah. It really this is this is something that, that does require practice. Creating good goals isn't something that I, I don't think is inherently easy in organizations, but once you do it. It does get easier. It does get easier. So I I think that's a good point to make about these, and I think that's especially true as you're stating when we talk about immediate tactical
2: goals. Yeah. So EBM EBM defines immediate tactical goals as critical near term objectives toward which a team or a group of teams or an entire organization will work to help toward intermediate goals. Mm-hmm. All right. So where a strategic goal is this is where we want to go, ultimately. And an intermediate goal is, this is where we want to be a few months from now. An immediate tactical goal is, this is where we want to be uh, at the end of the week. Yeah. Or even the end of the day, in certain cases.
1: Yeah, perfect. And, you know, Will, we did relate when we spoke about intermediate goals we, we put our scrum hats on because you and I are both professional scrum trainers and when we talked about intermediate goals we said that this could potentially be it, it depending on your circumstance you said organization uh a product if you're we talking about a product here uh, and we were we we're talking about how this might relate to scrum I would say that an immediate tactical goal could could uh, be a sprint goal Yes, and I think the reason why we're saying this is, is for all you for all you scrummers out there, right? Um, this or we're hoping to help solidify and cement um, the clarity of the goal that we're expecting here. And we say could because we are not going to tell you exactly the way that you need to use EBM. We think that that is counterproductive. Yeah. Um, but as it relates to how it works, this could be a sprinkle. Uh, what do you think about that, Will? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. definitely.
1: Yeah and and so i do think will because it's a critical near term objective could be a could be a sprint goal um we talked about how there there is um it's achievable with intermediate but there's still uncertainty with strategic there's a lot of uncertainty there's a lot of vagueness to it there's a little more uncertainty with with immediate tactical goals wouldn't you say
2: yeah yeah i think depending on your circumstances it might it might even be a very binary thing mm-hmm. um in that in that you either make it or you don't. And if you don't, that's that's a problem, right? That's 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 grounds for inspection and adaption. Right. And but when we say there is low uncertainty, we don't mean there's a there's a planned route for how to get there. Yeah. What we are saying is that the outcome is very clearly defined.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put there, there is not an explicit um, unchangeable plan. How's that? Yeah. Right. So, so they might have a little bit of a plan here, right? But it's not so explicit and unchangeable that we, that we, that we, that we, that we get there. Um, you know, ex- like ex- I guess explicitly is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. So more certain, more certainty and clarity. And I'm gonna, I- I'm gonna clear this up uh, about the outcome. How's
2: that? Yeah. yeah. And that's and that's where it gives us that little bit of leeway, right? There's there's an explicit outcome. Um, it is it is clear what the outcome is, and related to that, it could be binary. Uh, even like you achieve the outcome or you don't, or it might be you achieve the outcome to some degree in 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 other circumstances. But the outputs, right? what you do to get that outcome, yes, you'll have a, on that short a time scan, you have a really good idea of what it is, but there is still flexibility.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll put that here too. Flexibility and the output.
2: And, and hopefully, Right. While your immediate tactical goal is derived from your intermediate goal, hopefully your either success or lack thereof in achieving your immediate tactical goal will again inform you Mm -hmm. about validity of your intermediate goal.
1: Yeah, I'm going to put that... I'm going to put informs. Oh. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because... um, you saying that reminds me, Will, um, informs us about the validity of the intermediate goal. Uh, this, what's, here's, here's an interesting observation from organizations. That if we have something like an immediate tactical goal, or let's say, let's not even say we, let's, let's abstract, let's not say goals here. Let's say signals go up that inform us that our intermediate goals or the things that we think are going to happen as far as outcomes. Let's say there's flares going up saying that's not going to happen. Or that, or that our original hypothesis even behind this product that we're building or this new thing that we're heading towards um, is starting to show that things are invalid, right? We get that information. Interesting observation is that I see a lot of organizations say, well, let's just throw more money at it.
2: Do you the see the same ever, thing? The ever-present sunk cost fallacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, we committed to the goal. Important people have staked their career on it. Uh, So, if the goal turns out to not be valid or unachievable, then that means that either those people were wrong or that this company is doing bad things. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, the truth couldn't be be further from it. Right. Mm -hmm. And this kind of goes a lot more into psychology. And I, I talked about this at the Ukraine benefit a while ago is that a lot of people in their head think they're playing chess, right? And if you lose that chess, you've made a wrong move. (laughs) And the reason that is the case is because chess is a game of perfect information, right? You know everything your opponent knows, and the rules of the game are known to everyone, right? But the real world is not chess, (laughs) right? You are playing. You are playing a game where you have no idea what the total state of the board is. There are some rules, but they are widely open to interpretation. And guess what? Not everyone even stick to sticks to those rules. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that, and and I think we're talking about this now with immediate tactical uh, goals because. Um, in this regard, and this at this level, this lower level, when it comes to this kind of information, this is where I've often seen the signal flares go up, right? Um, I, and uh, I've seen them ignored from uh, at levels above, right? You have these signal flares going up, and this, and and, and I th- I think the reason why I'm saying this is uh, oftentimes organizations are um, are, are uh, th- these immediate tactical goals are created and developed at a lower level or at least they should be. And so we're giving, we're giving information here. And, and uh, honestly, the information kind of feeds up into where we're at. As you said, it informs us about the validity of our intermediate goals. And that information around intermediate goals tends to sit at a higher level in our organization. So these signal flares go up and everybody's like, it'll be fine. Here's more budget. Here's another team. Let's just keep doing it. Um, and, uh, and and instead of changing or saying maybe we needed better intermediate goal, or maybe our st- strategic goal was no longer valid. It's just yeah. let's just spend more, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. And that is so. That is that is one of the things that makes EBM tough to do in practice. Mm. Is as with as with Scrum, as with Kanban, as with many of these practices that force transparency and that invite inspection and adaptation right or in other words empiricism it goes against some of our some of our biases and some of our beliefs and some of our assumptions about how the world works and how our company works and how we should do our business Mm -hmm. right and this, this idea of you know you have a strategy you have a goal that you want to achieve. You have something on on the midterm that'll help you get there. Now's the part where you look in the short term, in the execution of what is an outcome we can achieve that gets us closer to it, right? That's where the rubber hits the road. Up until this point, it's all been theoretical. Yeah, This, this is where it meets the real world.
1: Yeah, and so speaking of real world, Will... You and I have been sharing examples, right? Me from Agile for Humans, and you um, from your company, Brazilians. Am I saying that right? Brazilians, Brazilian, Brazilian. yeah.
2: yeah. Um, Real world, uh, work
1: <laughs> What, um, what's your what's your current immediate tactical goal?
2: So, my immediate tactical goal is to enable people to design. L- nudging experiments and run nudging experiments. And what I'm doing to reach that goal is I'm uh, hopefully in a week from now after my after my wonderful artist gets done with it, I'm releasing a, a design a nudge canvas. Awesome. Uh, the first version of which I I tested in a in a conference workshop a while ago. Um, my my output there isn't the canvas. The canvas is a means to see if I equip people with something designed to be actionable. Will they actually use it, and will we see successful nudges in practice? Where before it would have been a heavy-handed system two uh, approach.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Cool. I, I really like the the, the tie into you were just mentioning there to the outputs um, because you do have a, a thing or two that you're outputting, um, but it probably isn't exactly clear, and you're going to evaluate then what the what the, what the result of the output is, and you've already tested it, um, uh, which is which is which is awesome. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Yeah. So what about what about you? What are you doing? What are you doing in the next week? Next two weeks?
1: Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I mentioned tying into how we're um, we're trying to increase the collaboration of our community so that people are working together. Um, that's one of the things we're, that we're looking at trying to encourage is independent community member collaboration, right? So, uh, and I'll explain that a little bit deeper, independent community member collaboration. Um, so here, here's an interesting thing is we find that if we do... Posts. We do posts frequently, and we ask questions. We create polls that people do respond to those. Um, but we want others to do that. We want others uh, to ask questions. We want others to pose some, um, th- those kinds of things. And uh, a thing that we're going to, one, one of the things we do is called a situation room, right? And we create a situation. We have people respond to it. Um, one of the things that we thought would be interesting um, is independent member community collaboration here. Um, the output that we're we're, we're we're going after here is to get uh, crowdsourced situations, right? And, and right now, up until now, we've had that area locked down. So it's very specific um, to these situations that we come up with. And we're going to kind of move that in a different direction so that other people can Put them and maybe experiences that they're having in the real world that they can obfuscate a little bit so that it's not, you know, sharing dirty information of organizations. So independent uh, community member or collaboration, um, and very specifically the output through crowdsourced uh, situation rooms. That's one of the outputs that we're that we're thinking. And we're very specific as far as measuring them as well, because we can understand who's contributing um, new joins, all that kind of stuff. So what do you think of that?
2: I like it I like it. So it does it does sound um, so what's the eventual outcome here though when are you when are you happy with the result that you're getting?
1: Yeah um, so I, if, if first if, if we don't get anybody sending us any situations, it tells us that perhaps maybe we should do something else. Right. So very specifically, if we if we ask that and we output the our, our output is our ask and how we communicate that and ask for that. And if their response is nothing, then we probably ask something that people don't care to respond to. They just like the situations posted and collaborating around that. Um, so uh, uh, I, I, getting this, I can see that we could probably I could probably narrow down a little bit more what we have on this board to make it more explicit. Um, but independent community member collaboration um, is one. That's one means by how we're going to test it, right? How we're going to get, see if, if nobody responds, nobody cares. Will,
2: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we've gone through all three levels of goals now, right? We we started with these very lofty ideas, right? Enabling, enabling people to find better ways of working and, the death of the coaching industry, and we took it down um, through an intermediate layer all the way to here's what we're aiming for right now, right for the next for the next week for the next two weeks. Here's what we're trying to get done, and hopefully our viewers can also see how these things translate into each other, not just downward but how us achieving or not achieving our immediate tactical goals allows us to potentially influence our intermediate goals and how that in turn might influence the strategic goals, right? And hopefully as well, and I'm, I'm putting a lot of hope out there in the world right now, is if you were to go back now, right, and rewatch the earlier episodes that we did on the KVAs, you'll understand a bit more why our, why our key value metrics are what they are and how they help us in, con- in, in getting insight and controlling for our ability to reach the goals that we have.
1: Yeah, I love it. And, and you know I have up here in the screen here, Will, a picture that represents and really ties everything together. And where we're going to go in, in future episodes is to specifically talk about empiricism. And how um, how we're we're guiding ourselves by experience by these things and how that happens and that's changing measures, changing goals, and then we're going to talk a little bit about getting started in future episodes.
2: Yeah, so.
0: but for now, that's us. That a
2: wrap,
1: yeah. Bye, everybody.
0: Hey, everybody. It's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you. Todd, myself, and Will Seeley have put together an evidence-based leadership course. Now, this one's really exciting for us. As you all know, Todd and I and Will, we're all huge on evidence-based management. We think it is the next big innovation in the Agile space. But what we've noticed is the application at multiple levels has been troubling, at least for certain organizations. And what we want to do is make it simpler. And so evidence-based leadership is the course to come to if you want to get immersed into data-driven decision-making the ability to actually validate that value is being delivered, to look at your ability to innovate and to deliver to the marketplace and to actually identify and act on opportunities in the market that you may not know about and say closing that satisfaction gap with your customers, finding new channels and using data to drive those decisions rather than guesses, hunches and conjecture. And so we want you to join this course. We've got multiple offerings coming up this year. The link is simple. It's agileforhumans.com slash EBL course. Jump in there, use the code Agile for Humans, the number four, and you can take uh 15% off the price of the class. So not only is it a new offering that we've discounted already, go ahead and take another 15% off because you're a valued listener. We can't wait to see you there.